Hey, all of you beautiful humans. Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast, a show about releasing the stigma surrounding mental health and finally finding your own happiness. I'm your host, Carolyn Farrick, and I'm sharing my most vulnerable stories around my own mental health journey in an open and authentic way to help you feel less alone in your struggles. We all deserve to be happy and we don't need to find happiness alone. So welcome to the search committee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Search for Serotonin podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Farrick, and this week I am joined by Stephanie Zito, who is an intuitive healing coach who has helped over a thousand people gain clarity towards their life path, breathe through mindset blocks and fears, and clear blocks so they can move clearly towards their vision and goals. So Stephanie is going to talk a little bit about self-love, how we became separated, and how she has supported her husband during his own mental health journey. So Stephanie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Carolyn. I'm really glad to be here. So do you want to start by just telling everybody who you are? Give us a little bit of background about you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm Stephanie and uh, I call myself a soul purpose coach. And the work that I do is I really go deep with clients, especially when they feel like they're in a transition with job relationship. They just feel out of alignment, like something's just not working or they're in this repetition of um, something that's just not working in their life. And what we do is we go in energetically. You know, I I love all the therapies. I mean, I'm here to support all of it. And what I hear time and time again with clients is that we do more in an hour session than they've had in years of therapy. And I believe it's because we're getting into the energetics in even past life stuff, uh, what can be stuck energetically. You know, I talk about and work with the chakras, our energy systems. So we get in there and, you know, when when we're ready, then we we can release that. And it, it allows us to kind of do like a 180. So things that felt a certain way, they don't feel like that. Um, things show up. We're able to manifest the stuff that we really do want. We're not afraid of it, you know, because we've cleared that. We've looked at it. We're not afraid to look at it because looking at it helps us to do something with it, to identify it, and then to clear it. So that's kind of what I do. That's awesome. I am so glad that you mentioned, you know, therapy is an option. I'm in therapy. I'm a big advocate for therapy. But you know, one of the benefits of this podcast is to provide additional resources because therapy doesn't work for everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what's so great about today's day and age is that there are so many more options other than therapy. Um, What kind of led you to become an intuitive healing coach? How did you get to that point? Yeah, I mean, I've always been intuitive. When I was younger, which happens with a lot of people, is uh, it was just you know frowned upon or it was scary you know for my mom they know, a lot of times parents don't know, know what to do with that and so it was sort of there but it really took me going kind of very off course um you know moving to be in a relationship that wasn't right for me ignoring my intuition like knowing what my intuition was telling me but like just completely flat out ignoring it to um to come back kind of boomerang back to trusting it and surrendering to it. And that's been a really big process of um, once I actually started coaching, which was in 2014, which was um, the impetus was I'd wanted to start, but I was, I, I had my fears. I had my doubts. I didn't really understand you know, all the stuff that I do, the chakra work, the intuition. Well, how are people going to understand this? And this is so weird. Like I had my own 
beliefs about it, right? And so sometimes what happens is it takes a significant event to push us forward. And my husband at the time had lost his job, which factors into the kind of mental health stuff we're going to talk about too, supporting someone with that. And I knew at that time, like, it's either, it's go time. I mean, I'm going to get a full-time job I don't want because that's not the energy that really works for me. Or let's do this. What are you doing? And that's where like the things fell into place, the synchronicities, the people um, saying yes to myself. Like we can have opportunities show up and we have to trust and say yes. Like the, one of the biggest things is that saying yes, you know, some of the anxiety, the what ifs, like when we surrender and say yes, we allow things to come in to assist us. And that's exactly what happened. And when I started coaching, I called myself a uh, a speaker's coach, helping people learn to speak on stage and then show, you know, run their businesses. And everybody came to me, we never even got to the speaking on stage stuff. All we did was the behind the scenes stuff, the belief work, the the shifting the energetics. So I'm like, okay, well, clearly, this is where I meant to be. And, um, you know, it just led to other trainings, like learning what I had, what I knew about the chakras, and then and then taking a training to learn how to do an intuitive scan. And again, just trusting, I really feel like this path chose me, because it's, it's, I wanted to coach, but I, I never would have known years ago, like, this is how it would look. And it feels like I have, the more I said yes to me and fully embraced me, talk about self-love, like understanding what that means to love me. It's really allowed me just to feel just so at home and to be able to create a thriving business. You know, I'm not trying to fit it into something else or hide it. It's like, this is what it is. What else do you want me to do? <laughs> and, uh, and to let that to come through. I love that you mentioned, you know, you're saying yes to yourself and you're letting go of the worry. Do you want to start by talking about the self-love? I feel like the self-love piece is really the place to start. In my world, and what I, I talk about is like, we're souls. Like we have the spirit. We have this infinite spirit that has many, many, many lifetimes, just kind of as a baseline. And it feels like it's all about this lifetime. And yet this lifetime is like one blip. And so we get these soul studies as a human in this earth, the stuff that's great and the stuff that's like who we are and the expression our soul is supposed to have. And these things that are challenges and are difficult. And sometimes it's because of stuff that we are sort of figuring out from past lives or our soul is like meant to figure out. And it can be really hard. Like earth school, I like to call it, earth school is dense. Earth school isn't all like rainbows and ponies. And although I like to live in that space, like stuff is hard, you know, and I I really... Um, I feel that deeply, especially living with someone who has depression. I mean, currently it isn't expressing itself in the way it has, but we can talk more about that. I just, I'm aware, not as someone who has had that personally, but just as the spouse, as a, as a loved one. And so my point of this is, is that many times like we can be looking outside for that love. And what can happen is we expect it from our parents because they're our parents. They brought us into the world. They're the first like real, I mean, maybe than the doctor, like they're the first person we really can, we, we're supposed to imprint with and they're supposed to just love us unconditionally and it's supposed to be perfect. And it doesn't work out that way because we're flawed. We are human beings. We're not spirits. We're not angels. We're human and we're flawed and we're all trying to figure out our soul studies. And so I think one of the mistakes that we make is we kind of hold on to this feeling of like, 
well, I need that person to get me for me to really feel good about myself. I, this would be an example. I need my husband to really be full on board with me coaching to, to do this, to get myself. And at that time, that was not the case. He could not hold that for me at all. And so I had to learn to hold that for myself. And at the same time, while I would say, like, I, I want you to surround yourself with people who are your cheerleaders, we, we can't expect that. What if that cheerleader goes away? Or what if that person doesn't agree with one thing? That Those can be like crushing moments if everything we're looking for is external, if that validation is external. And there were times where, I, yeah, I see you nodding. Yeah, like, you know, being a mom and having mom friends, <laughs> you know, there's like so many times where we're like, oh, I have to show up and show myself. And a really big piece of it was really kind of announcing myself or really coming full force into being an intuitive and showing myself online. Because um, in my own growing up, I grew up Catholic. And I, I say this respectfully, you know, my mom was not on board with me being an intuitive. And I, you know, and it took me kind of full circle to embrace saying the words like God, Jesus. And I'm not here for everyone to embrace or say that. I'm just saying, I really see the whole spectrum. And I, in my own world, I, I get it. But for her, you know, I almost didn't want to show myself because of what I was getting. And it took this moment of just standing for myself and having a conversation with her and saying, like, I come from love. This is coming through me. If, you know, if there's God, if you believe in God, then why would God, you know, make me or make me someone who would do this or be intuitive? Like, it's it's here for a reason and it's not going anywhere. And I had to be okay with whatever choice she would make. If she chose to, you know, never talk to me again or just just whatever. Like, I can't choose that. I cannot choose that. My boundary is this is me and I'm going to show up fully on social media. I'm not going to try to block somebody or I know this because other intuitives talk about when they're coming into their gifts, the same kind of stuff. You know, I'm not going to put that energy into fear. I'm going to put it into love. And if I put my energy into love, I'm going to show up fully. So if love is coming through me, if I'm embracing myself, I have to love myself enough to say yes to my gifts, to say yes to some people not getting me or maybe even thinking what I do is wrong, saying yes to people, maybe thinking I'm crazy. Like that's if some moms around here think I'm crazy, like that's absolutely that's their prerogative. The, the universe is cohes cohesive love. And like eons ago, the universe wanted to get to know itself. So it began to fractal. Let's think about the rainbow. You have like white light. If you bring a prism to it, you see the rainbow. Oh, cool. Okay. I see myself. I see the red, the yellow, the blue, the green. But this is all different. Green is different from yellow, right? There's a difference. And so what happened was eons ago, the difference became conflict. It became ego. So it became what we can see as the stuff that doesn't always make sense for us on. We don't just live in peace. It'd be nice if we did, but this is why we experience this. And I believe that the work that you're doing, I'm doing, we are, we are elevating to that space again. It's just having the trust that we are moving there. And the more of us that we are embracing that love, that unconditional love within us and letting it flow through us, like in the way we speak, in the way we be, in the way we embrace who we are, we are elevating not just ourselves, but we're elevating it for the planet. So thank you for listening to my TED talk. <laughs> That's like, no, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that because I also grew up, you know, in a Catholic background. So thank you for sharing that. Um, that was all really great information and I love everything that you just mentioned. Um, but one question that I do have is what made you realize 
I'm intuitive. You know, what were you experiencing that made you say, oh yeah, this is what I'm going through? That's a great question. Um, You know, when I was very young, I just knew what my mom was thinking. You know, you could call it body language, but she would get mad. She'd be like, don't tell me what I'm thinking. But it would be this situation where, you know, she'd be saying one thing, but I'm like, no, like this is what's happening. So that was happening. Um, Then I went into the Peace Corps and I was a Peace Corps volunteer after college. Uh, I was in another, you know, in Uganda. And I just, I made some really just (laughs) as a person who's older like boy I mean dumb choices (laughs) and just there's this this sense of like wow my guardian angels I you know I believe really were looking out for me so there were moments where like wow I'm that's crazy that nothing bad happened then you know there was a sense of that um I think when I started coaching this is what would happen I just I had this sense a deeper sense of below the surface. I think of like, what's above the surface for people? What are they saying? And then what's below the surface? What's actually going on? And I had a sense of it. And so um, with my clients, I would I would talk about that. But I, I just knew I wanted to get quicker to the heart of what was going on for them, the block. And so this training, this um, chakra training, this uh, energy scan training fell into my lap. And so we got to practice like reading the chakras for other people. And um, And I had to just let my ego go to the side of like, you're going to be wrong, or this is going to sound weird and just do it. And so I would uh, do the chakra reading and I would just say it to the person and so many things would resonate or they would say like, wow, this psychic said the same thing, or I know that 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 has happened in my past life or it would just, it would res, you know, it resonate. So I felt like confirmation. And the reason I was so interested in, the reason why it made sense to use the chakras, to use the energy system, the energy centers is, um, Back when I did my yoga teacher training in 2009, I, uh, I had like a chakra opening experience. It's called like the Kundalini rising. It's called like the rising of this, ener- this latent energy that lives at the base of the spine. And it sort of just opens your, your, it just floods your energy with sort of like an energy flush, I would say. I got to my third eye and it felt like, 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 um, fireworks. And then when I got into my crown chakra, I just felt like I dropped in. And that's when I, I had the sense that I knew what was going on with everyone else in that room. Like some people were ready for the, this really long meditation to be over, which I get. And some people were like laughing with me. They were kind of like in the same space. And then we kind of came out of it and, um, and now that I look at other people's chalk, kundalini rising experiences, like there's some similarities, like I, I can see the similarities. So it got me very interested in like, well, what was that? What opened? And so when I um, wanted to go deeper with my clients, I feel like it was just a natural progression. Like I feel like I wouldn't have said when I started coaching that I would have called myself an intuitive. You know, I loved um, working with the energy and the energy centers, but I, I wasn't quite there but once I learned that technique, I still wasn't causing, calling myself an intuitive, but I was using that with clients. And I actually will say it goes, honestly, when COVID hit, when, right, when it started, that's when I started to do more stuff online and I was teaching meditation. I will say meditation is a great technique to get to know your intuition. <laughs> so um, I started teaching meditation and it was really through meditation that I feel like, and, you know, that my, that my intuition started kicking in. And that's really what started to let all the stuff that I do with intuition, like I lead courses, I've got this intuition immersion where we can all really get into like 
let's let's do it let's like meet the spirit guides the spirit animal let's experience the past life regression let's do it like we do all of that in the intuition immersion it really took like the last like covid and just everything just kind of going inward a little bit more settling in taking that time to really just um, let that blossom when you went through your first shocker experience and you had that whole transition happening um did that play into your self-love journey did that make you feel more confident going forward um and feeling more kind of whole almost that's a good question um I can't I think in the moment you know I was I was on this I feel like it was part of something that had already started. So before that happened, that happened in 2009. I can't remember that date because that's when I was doing my yoga teacher training. But just, and I had wanted to do a yoga teacher training. But before that, I had been in this bad relationship that through getting my own coach and um, learning some meditation techniques and learning, actually kind of learning how to check in with my intuition, checking but I feel like at a more basic level, like, but checking in with myself, like my intuition, I was able to leave that relationship and trust and, dr- and drive cross country with my Sebring convertible and as much stuff as I could pack into it to move to California where I really wanted to be. And it's like, I got so clear on what I wanted then. That to me is where the self-love journey really started. You know, because when I had that coach, when I was in that bad relationship, she asked me to say something like, I love myself. And I just like broke down crying. I couldn't even say it. And she's like, well, why don't we just look at yourself as a small child and say, like, I see myself like that I could handle. I couldn't even hold. I couldn't even handle. I love myself then. But when I built that strength, when I built some of that, you know, in leaving that relationship, in trusting in the future, right? Because all of staying in that was in fear, you know, of like what was what was out there if I wasn't in that. Um, so many choices could have happened that I'm so glad I didn't do. <laughs> but I moved and that's when um, I got my dream job. I started my teacher yoga teacher training and I'm, I, I met my now husband. It was like, like just one thing after the other just lined up. And so when that Kundalini rising thing happened, I was just more curious. I was like, okay, I've heard about this. It happened. You you can't really like predict it, but I feel like it was part of something that was already occurring, you know, and I was, and I was getting really clear on speaking my truth and what I really wanted. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that piece of saying, you know, I was at a point where I couldn't even say I love myself um, because as somebody who does struggle with mental illnesses and especially depression and suicidal attempts and ideations, I've been at that point so many times in my life. And so when you said you broke down crying, like I just like tears started to like well up in my eyes because I'm like, I've been there and I know how like dark it can be and how like sad and just it Mm. hits you in the face you're like oh my god I don't even love myself and I can't even say that to myself Mm. so thank you for being honest with that you know because that's something that is very hard to admit but it's definitely something that people who struggle with mental health go through quite often hard choices are choices that um we just we just don't know like we feel like we don't know what's on the other side um and I, I guess like my thought would be in that moment, I'm so glad I said yes to the unknown. I'm so glad I said yes to the next step, to putting just one foot in front of the other towards something that was completely vulnerable and different. And just in doing that, opened the doors to allow it to work out. Like, I'm so grateful, you know, I didn't stay in 
the bad things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also really valuable for people to hear is that even though it is scary to sometimes change your situation, um, you know, you're afraid, well, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. You know, I did it with this podcast. There's so many reasons why I didn't want to put it out there, start Mm -hmm. doing it or admitting it to other people, but you never know unless you try and it can be scary. But like you said, you know, it can lead you to some really great things and some really great places. And along the way, you might end up healing some things and growing as a person. So like, what's the harm in that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about what it does mean um, when you say, you know, we become separated and then kind of how would we become unseparated and become kind of whole again? Yeah. So, you know, as you go back again to this idea of, um, you're this soul with this infinite life sort of, and then we have what feels like, let's say you live to be a hundred, like a hundred years feels like a really long time, but it's like just one breath compared to your soul's whole journey. So the way I like to think of it is this. Um, Let's say that we think of, we could call it source, the universe, whatever, uh, uh, universal intelligence, something like bigger than us. And we're all part of that. Like the idea of like kind of spiritual awakening, I suppose, is the understanding that we are all interconnected. Like you and I are made of the same stuff as like space. We feel like we individualize, like I kind of picture it like there's the the universal consciousness is like the ocean, right? And when uh, when I was brought to Earth, <laughs> like Stephanie was like one scoop, like one cup of this ocean water to be this unique expression. Oh, universe, let's just see what it's like to be this expression, this being, like a frog or a tree. Like I get to be Stephanie or like a dolphin, you know, or or you, right? Um, so each one of us, we get to be like scooped up. So we are literally all interconnected and that's why we can like psychically or at, you know as a medium or intuitive connect in with this consciousness with this quantum field it's why you might think of a friend and then they call you right we have all this connection and yet we sit here as this individual i have my consciousness i have my consciousness and i'm connected to this universal consciousness but universe actually wants to experience my consciousness it wants to have that individuation. So as we separate, it's like, I came from this space, which is all connected. Everything's connected. It's all like kind of just calm. Think of the calm, peace, love, right? So I come from that. But when I come to earth, it's sort of this amnesia. We get this amnesia. We don't remember all that stuff. If we remembered all our past lives, we'd probably be like, automatically fighting with other people we had gripes with from like the life before. And sometimes like we're, we have these um, soul families. And so someone might reappear in your soul family and it might, you might feel this connection like a friend, or you might have that connection with even your parent who in a past life was your child. It can show up like that for our souls to grow. So there's different like connections that we have. Um, but when we come to earth, we feel the separation, right? And so the connections we start to make they're already kind of like off a little bit because that connection with the parent, if it's not perfect, if it's not perfect, if it's not unconditional love, which I mean, I'm a parent and I'm like, I try my best, but (laughs) I'm not perfect too. Like, you know, we just, 
we experience that separation. We have this differentiation and that can cause suffering because I am different than, I am not you, which is literally what the universe is trying to understand. But then it feels like, oh, I'm separate. But what we forget, what we forget is that we actually are connected. Like this is the part that I feel like can be kind of esoteric or kind of hard to understand, you know, because it's not like, oh, I, I can see this, this candle sitting right here. I can't just see it. I have to like feel it. Like we are connected to this universal source. We all can tap, tap into this quantum field. We all can get guidance from our guides, from our past loved ones. That to me is what really helps me, you know, when I'm feeling separate, when I'm feeling different than like, it's not me ruminating in my own head and trying to figure it out. That's exhausting. It's like tap into my guides, tap into, call it source, tap into, you know, my, my guardian angels, like that spirit realm that can help me. That to me is where I can feel connected. I feel like it happens for a lot of people in meditation. That's kind of why I bring it up again. I feel like it's a really great tool. Do you want to get into a little bit about your own journey with your husband, you know, and his experiences? Yeah, sure. You know, I think what really um, showed up was, um, I mean, we were cooking along, things were good. And then it's so interesting because it's not what you would really even, I'm not sure what you would expect <laughs> or why I would even say that, but like, when his depression really showed up was um, the trigger point was the birth of our daughter. And I don't think he experienced, he expected it either. And I think it's because it threw him into fatherhood responsibility and probably um, some trigger points with his own father who had been an alcoholic and, you know, mom and dad got divorced and uh, not, not, not present, you know, just not present. So all the stuff that didn't happen probably just was like, bam, you know, right back in my, in my husband's face, so to speak. And so it was very significant. I had this newborn baby. And I mean, I say this with a lot of compassion, because this is we're going on 12 years now next month. So we're, you know, we're here. Um, but I was like thrown sideways. I had never experienced anything like that before. And he was, um, he went to the hospital, trying to get an evaluation and trying to get help. He was like, trying to get himself checked into some kind of facility. But there were like no facilities for depression, you had to be, you know, alcoholic or drugs, or there was there was literally nothing that insurance could provide to him for like an inpatient lo kind of location, or he had to have some other kind of diagnosis that would go beyond depression. I'm like, seriously, this is not enough. Like the fact that he wants to not be here anymore is not enough to, to check you in. So he, um, he took like a month off work, you know, so this is like a lot of trust. Like we have a newborn baby and he's taking a month off of work. Um, it didn't tell them why I think with the stigma of it, he didn't tell them why just for health. And, uh, he found a therapist and he saw her every day and he started to do some other things for his health, like yoga, you know, just trying to do things. Cause, and, and at the time it, you know, again, I'm just trying to hold it together. I've got this new baby things are triggering him, like her crying, which a baby does, you know, it's very emotionally hard for him. So it was really hard. Um, he kind of, you know, came back out of it. Um, but I would notice things like, you know, he also had had OCD. And so um, things like the house being messy really 
he couldn't handle it. And I'm like, but we have a baby and we're not sleeping. So that was really hard. And I, at the beginning, I started to find myself, and I think this is really common, there's the words like walking on eggshells um, or like having this like feeling like I had to get it all clean before he walked in the door so that he wouldn't get triggered and he wouldn't react. And, and I went to go see my own therapist too, because I was like, I need help. So I kind of had to figure out things for myself and I had to, in a, in a good way, kind of set some boundaries for myself. And there were times when I wasn't sure we were going to make it. I mean, for him, I think his whole world looked clouded and like, where do we put the blame? Like he was ready to get divorced several times. He was, he would say that like, and I feel like I was just being the same person I've always been. I don't really feel like I was changing. I feel like his world was seeing it like I was the problem. And I'm like, this is out of my control. But also believing and wanting that we could be a family unit and seeing him, you know, do the work, going to the therapy. So I feel like after that first sort of round kind of came out of things, things got better. And then um, around the time, again, triggering event that he lost his job, again, it started to spiral again. And um, again, it got really challenging, but I started to really look at my own boundaries and what someone can be going through hard things and go th going through that like brain chemistry. And it also wasn't okay for me to be yelled at, for me to be, you know, I, I needed to be treated in certain ways. And so I also had to speak my boundaries and what I was willing to really look at what I was willing to like deal with and live with and not depression is not an excuse for, for me, I can't just say, well, he has depression. It's, it's not going to excuse being treated a certain way. We would be in the car and it's not like this, right? Like it's really, it's just night and day from where it was, but we would be in the car and we live in Southern California. It's like sunny all the time, you know, but we would look at the same sky and he would see how it was like going to storm and like how bad it was. And I would look at the same scene and be like, I think it's okay. You know, I feel like there's this sense of like, oh, well, you got to just work harder or you got to just, you know, go do those things, go meditate, go. It's like some of that stuff just, it sounds nice. And yes, I mean, do that. But in my experience, you know, I, I, I can't, like, I couldn't talk him into that. The best thing I could honestly do, the thing I think he really needed was just for me to be there and to, to listen. Thank you so much for sharing all of that very vulnerably and openly. I really love that you did talk about, you know, that um, you tried to help him. And I learned too, to not like, this was maybe like a more codependent piece of me in the past was like, I would absorb it. And so mm -hmm. one thing that you mentioned is, you know, if he needed to, if he needs to vent, I mean, sometimes I'm available for that. Sometimes maybe I'm not, but if I am available for it, I let it kind of just flow through me. That's like an energy piece, right? Like I don't need to like absorb it into my own body. And then I have that tension. I can just, I can just witness it. When you're somebody who's struggling and you want to open up to whether it be a friend, whether it be a family member, whether it be a significant other, it's always good to say, hey, I have a lot that I want to open up about or I want to discuss. Is this a good time or can we set up a time that is good? Because, you know, it's also taking that responsibility of you just can't 
dump onto everybody else and expect them to carry around your emotions and your trauma and your feelings. And like you said, your energy. So Mm -hmm. also opening up that communication line of asking, Hey, is it okay if we talk about this right now, or do you have other stuff going on? So I think that's a really good piece to bring up as well. Yeah. And as that person receiving, if they start going into it, say like, you know, I really want to be here for you. Um, I I don't feel like I'm, can we do this at a different time? Which can be hard to hear. Um, And also just, again, just nobody's got to carry that basket for somebody else either. We can just let it flow through because it's it's not the point to carry it. The point is just to um, to kind of be the witness or, or be be present, just be available. Yeah. And if you are someone listening out there who is someone who struggles, if your friend, family member, significant other, they're not available to talk at the time you need to talk. I know sometimes with my issues, I need to talk or mm-hmm. if no one's available to talk, then you know, my mind's going to go crazy and things are going to get scary. So -hmm. there are also those, you know, resources that I put in the show notes every week. I put the national suicide hotline. They're always available. Call them until your friend, family member, spouse is available. There's chat line. So you can do it all over the computer or your phone. You don't actually have to pick up the phone and talk to somebody, message them. Those kinds of resources are available to kind of hold you over until your loved one close person in your life is available to talk. So don't think that, oh, they're not available to talk. I don't have any resources. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you for sharing those. You know, at the times that my husband was really, really struggling or um, going to a hospital, which happened again at one point, you know, when around that that job situation, um, I would call a suicide hotline or whatever the hotline, I would call a 1-800 number to talk, you know, not for my, I mean, I wasn't experiencing that, but I was he was, and I, and I I was, I didn't know what to do. So that was the resource that I had that I found available too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because like I said, some people listen to this podcast as a way to educate themselves and help the people Mm -hmm. in their lives who are struggling. So I think a lot of people who don't necessarily go through depression or don't have suicide ideations, they'd probably see that hotline and be like, well, that's not for me to call. Like, I'm not going to, you know, get to that point. That's not for me. But I love that you mentioned, you know, he was experiencing it. I'm trying to be here for him. Let me use this resource because it's available. So I think that's really valuable for my listeners to hear. So thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, of course. Since this is the Search for Serotonin podcast, I always ask, um, how do you search for serotonin in your everyday life? What brings you happiness? Oh, um, my... It just, my children, my cats, <laughs> uh, but honestly, being able to go outside and be in the sunshine, um, I love hula hooping. It is finding a chance to laugh or connect. It's like the little things, you know, connect with a friend. I, I love my work, so I feel like I get serotonin hits just through connecting with my clients um, and the meditations that I offer through Insight Timer, through this app. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's really just those little things. <laughs> if people that are listening want to continue to follow along with you and your journey, or maybe they want to look into your services, where can people find you to keep up with you after this podcast? Yeah, I mean, a great place to find me is this app for meditation called Insight Timer. You can just look for me, Stephanie Zito, on that. And then um, Instagram is another great place, which is just uh, my name uh, in Instagram. Thank you so, so much for this conversation, Stephanie. I cannot thank you enough because this conversation held so much value, not only for me, but I think a lot of other people out there will really benefit from hearing this. So thank you for your vulnerability and thank you for your time. It was such a great conversation. 
Oh, you're so welcome. That is it for this week's episode. I am so grateful for Stephanie. I could not express it enough because she just really opened up and talked about a lot of really great topics. So if you guys want to continue following Stephanie's journey, please go check her out on Instagram, check out our website. Once again, everything will be linked in the show notes. Um, If you guys aren't already, follow the podcast at the search for serotonin on Instagram. Don't forget, I am selling mental health sweatshirts linked in my bio. So if you haven't got one of those yet, go check those out. And that is all for this week. So I will see you guys next Monday. As always, remember this world is better with you in it.